0: Welcome back to another edition of the SBK betting podcast where we aim on week on week to deliver strong analysis and big price winners and last week was no exception even from Ross National Hunt Miller who not only gave us a NAP winner at Utoxeter with Frankie Duberle at 3-1 but also tipped up a 28-1 winner at Newmarket with CUP. France Ross, you're beginning to make this look all so easy. You pretend you don't really like the flat, but we know actually you're doing your form study night in, night out. So that was was excellent.
1: Well, getting those declarations at 30 seconds past the hour paid off, didn't it? And uh, made use of every minute. And uh, yeah, Ian Williams, we trust. He's a, a trainer in form.
0: Brilliant. Well, much the same, we hope. We've had a couple of other good results with Black Rod my 11-1 nap scoring at Newmarket and two place efforts from Turntable and Aiden, who was fourth in the Guineas and I've actually gone back to him for the Derby, a horse that should be followed throughout the season. And the Derby and the Oaks clues is what we'll be focusing on for this podcast as Lingfield hosts the Derby and Oaks Trials. SBK are the title sponsors on the card and we will begin this week with the SBK Lingfield Derby Trial. Just the five heading to post. Uh, Walker Stars, the 10 to 11 favorite, United Nations 92, Natural World 11 to 2, Lionel 8 to 1, and Zechariah 8 to 1. And as we welcome back James Millman, great to have you back. We must remind listeners and those regular to this podcast that you tipped up Kariba's anti so you must be gleeing from that result. But can Godolph and James continue on with their stranglehold over the three year old Colts division in this Derby trial?
2: Well, Chester on day one and on Wednesday. Uh, a Doyle fought back, but I do think it will be Team Godolphin uh, for the SBK derby trial, which looks a pretty strong derby trial, actually. We've got some some nice horses taking part, and in Walker stars in particular, Ferdinand's debut at Newmarket. He won a maiden at Nottingham very, very nicely, similar route to what Adiar did last year, and he returned at Newbury with a, a tough win in a, a free-runner race. Half had a huge price tag next to his name, and the fact that he was 5 for on Taking on Huff, it suggests that um, they like him a lot over the winter. He's done well and well, he only one by a neck. It was it was a hard-fought success. So I was pleased with what he did. United Nations has already come over to the UK once for the Epsom Derby trial. And the fact that he got beat, um, only finished fourth, does suggest he's, he's not particularly high in in, in the Bayadora pecking order and it might well be the other Appleby runner, son of Frank or Natural World, who's one from one at the same newbie meeting. Um, that uh, your walking Stars one at, he might be the main danger, to be honest. I might have an Appleby 1-2 for the SPK Derby trial.
0: Yeah, William Buick is on board Walk of Stars. And we've got Jack Mitchell in aboard uh, Natural World. It, uh, J- uh, Jamie Spencer was booked at one stage, but they've done a bit of a switching around. But Jack Mitchell is on Natural World. The Guineas uh, double winner, uh, James Doll is at Ascot. So, yeah, Trumpy versus... But- Strong enough, I agree with that. There was a derby winner um, amidst uh, this group last year and a group and a gold cup possible in, in scope who finished at behind third round in this race last year. Uh, TC, I'll come to you with these kind of smaller run, five runner races. I thought it would be worthwhile having a horse that could show a lot of natural sort of early pace, which Natural World did last time out, and, and maybe take the race by the scruff of the neck. How did you work it out?
3: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Natural World go forward. I think Zechariah will be forward as well. Um, That could just set it off for Walker Stars. I think Walker Stars is probably the the Godolphin and Charlie Apple number one um, going towards the derby. Now, obviously, that's easy to say after New London got beat at Chester. Um, But Walker Stars has all the credentials uh, to win the derby or to contest the derby. And he's been programmed as if the derby was the, the original target, as James said, very much like Adia last year. He finished second in this race. I don't actually know how Adiar got beat. I watched that replay a couple of times um, and it's just bemusing. But uh, look, Walk of Stars could be the new Adir. Obviously, lofty lofty shout just there because is a phenomenal racehorse. But um, Walk of Stars has done nothing wrong today. date. He was really impressive on his second start when he hacked up. But he won a division of uh, Nottingham Maiden in the autumn. The time wasn't good, it was two seconds slower than the first division. But he was so green and babyish throughout the race. I just loved how he knuckled down in the, in the closing furlong. And obviously, the, the winner of the other division was Desert Crown, a horse that we both really liked, Jess, um, and has also entered in the derby. So the, the fact that it was slower than the first division, I don't think is necessarily a bad point. And if you're just going by visuals, there is nothing to say that Walk of Stars couldn't be a potential top-level middle-distance horse. Uh, as James said, he beat a, a stable companion in half it on his reappearance. Again, he looked like he wasn't necessarily going to get there throughout the whole race, but then knuckled down again in the closing furlong. The step-up and trip will definitely suit. Half it hasn't necessarily boosted the form. He's been beaten since mm-hmm. at short odds, um, but he's still highly regarded by, by connections. And I just think this walk of stars is open to so much more improvement. He doesn't look mature or physically ready to run in the derby just yet, but we've still got a month. He's going to be progressing all the time. I think he's a good short-price favourite here, Jess.
0: Yeah, ten to eleven. He's officially on rating seven pounds better than United Nations with a rating officially of hundred and seven. So the handicapper believes that he's a he's a good bit clear of United Nations, who's got an official rating of a hundred. Uh, Ross, do you think it's as clear cut as as the as the obvious horses in this race?
1: Um, I can see why Walk of Stars is is a short price favourite. He has looked visually impressive, but as TC touched on, half it was you know beaten in a listed context the next time. Uh, Berkshire Rebel, who was behind that pair, was beaten something in the distance of 13 lengths in the chest of ours. So I think on that basis alone, you've got to look to try and take him on when all of these colts are going to be open to, to some sort of improvement. Uh, United Nations, I'm certain, is a, is a terrible price. He is only that price because he's a Galileo Coolmore horse. Um, if he was anywhere else in the country, he'd be twice, three times that price. The horse I do like and it's slightly price-driven, is the David Munizier Lionel. Um, He was pretty close up behind Natural World at Newbury. Um, Natural World was impressive, but he got a fairly enterprising ride from James Doyle, I felt, um, whereas Lionel fell out the stalls, was slowly away, endured all sorts of trouble up the home straight. And then once he did get into daylight, took a while for the penny to drop and and, and sort of ran home really well late on. This is a little bit further in trip. I think he's from a, a really nice Normandy stud pedigree. Plenty of stamina in the page. The Dam is a half-sister to Duncan, who won the uh, Irish St. Ledger Group 1. Um, and I just thought stepping up in trip, there's plenty to come from him. Um, and at the prices, he's he's far too big for me.
0: 8-1 for Lionel, hoping to break his maiden tag for Ross at the third attempt. Yeah, as uh, Ross was saying, was third behind Natural World. He was really eye-catching, staying on strongly late on um to to suggest that, uh, he, that breaking that maiden tiger is not too far off but he he will have to reappear against this natural world who even though he's the second string is my selection is i really like that galloping style yes it was an enterprising ride but i think if if jack mitchell sort of adopts the same tactics i think he'll be hard to peg back and uh, he was able to keep up his momentum from those eye catches in behind he's bred on Similar lines as Adaya, the derby winner being by Frankel out of the Dubawi Mare, um, that being the listed winner, Skiffle. James Doyle actually dropped his whip that day at Newbury and had to push Natural world out hands and heels, which made it even a little bit more impressive considering he had so many challenges coming to him, but he was still able to keep his head in front. So I'm going to take on the favourite and, and the rest of the guys in natural world, but two selections for Walker Stars. At Lionel eight to one for Ross and myself. At Natural World at eleven to two. Right, we'll head into the SBK Lingfield Oaks Trial, one mile three and a half furlongs, the same distance. They'll they'll travel over bigger field just slightly, and we've we've had some good renewals of this in the past. Anna Perna did the double, winning this and then going on to win the Oaks in 2019. And Emily Dickinson is the five to two favourite. She's out of the Irish Oaks winner Chiquita, and TC. She was she didn't look like the winner of that made net nace throughout, but Ryan Moore's gave her quite an edu- educational ride. She came through really strongly in the final hundred yards. She needed every inch of that trip and she's only going to benefit from further.
3: Yeah, exactly. Her first, All three runs, in fact, she's been given an educational ride. Her first time out last year, she was clearly very green. They didn't really put her into the race at any point. Hence, well, there's a duck egg next to her name. Uh, then first time up this season, she finished fifth. Again, ridden right out the back, ridden cold, not really put into the race but that race has worked out nicely above the curve. One at second was thoughts on June. They finished first and second um, in the Cheshire Oaks earlier this week. So the form stacks up well. And if she had a clear run because she got chopped off at a crucial point, she would have been third. So you can mark up that effort as well. And then last time, as you say, she needed every yard of the trip. She only got going late, but again, she got hampered at a crucial stage. She was only ridden out hands and heels and she won decisively. It wasn't a great race, but she's going to definitely improve for the step up and trip. Um, as you say, she's uh, out of Chiquita. Who won the Irish Oaks? So, this is, I think this has kind of always been the aim for her to try and go down the Oaks route. Um, Chiquita obviously was with uh, Alan DeRoy to de and then moved to Aidan O'Brien. Um, so, Aidan O'Brien kind of knows the family as well. Um, and I just think this race is pretty weak, to be honest. Like, there is some depth in there, but there isn't a lot of depth. All of those horses with a current rating need to improve upwards of a stone to contend the finish. Um, obviously, you've got two horses that have won first time up. Uh, who sits second and third in the betting, which are intriguing runners, but we don't really know their level just yet. Um, And the Gosden horse, who I actually thought would be shorter price than she is. um, She won on the all-weather. So she also has to prove that she handles turf. I just think Emily Dickinson's the most solid option in the race. She's shorter than I hoped she would be, which might be enough to put me off the bet. um, But I definitely think she's the most likely winner.
0: Yeah, she's five to two favourite currently as it stands. She's one of the more notable Kumo horses to be by the great Dabawi as well. It's really, really likable pedigree. And as TC was saying, she's definitely been ridden to to try and see how far she needs because she's a she. They've been riding her cold. Be interesting to see what Ryan Moore does with her here because they obviously know that she she can stay and, and will want this trip um, against some fillies that i say are kind of unexposed, but. James belt buckle her nearest rival. She beat seventy five rated filly by a neck on her debut. So there's not a huge amount to go on on there, is there really?
2: No, um, there's not much form generally. The Lingford Oaks trial um, is a good opportunity for people to try and steal a bit of black type for a filly that's probably only going to be ninety at best. And we've won winners go on to do well at Epsom, but the, the minor places normally lacks a, a race. It lacks a bit of strength in depth and um you've got to remember with, with chiquita the quirks that she had the dam of emily dickinson and that's got, got to be a worry going forward and, and she's been ridden very patiently but is that because she's a little bit quirky like her mother um so i'll let see how, how she gets on with uh, the quirks of lingfield rogue millennium for me looked a cracking by um there's been a few come out of shadwell being bought well and then one first time out it's never horse Slightly close to your heart, but uh, a rogue Millennium a Dubawi filly, not a great shadow of family actually. That's probably why she only cost thirty five thousand pounds, despite being a Dubai, and she made a win and debut for Tom Clover at Weatherby for the Rose Gallery. Um, again, a little bit like Belt Buckle. It wasn't the strongest of races, but um, the fact two newcomers claim clear an odds on shot back in third, trained by Charlie Fellows. I think the form reads quite well, and she deserves a, an attempt at black type. Amy Dickinson, I'm just not entirely convinced by. And the two winners I prefer Rogue Millennium to Belt Buckle. The one we know all about is Mystic Wells, who went to Brighton, good bit of place in won a 20 grand handicap um 11 days ago. Handing Brighton she'll handle the track well. That's Mystic Wells. And I think she'll probably get a bit of black type, but she shouldn't be good enough. So I'll take a chance on Rogue Millennium, which is a slightly disappointing Oaks trial, but it's what it normally is, to be fair. You normally get a good winner, potentially, or um footies that just aren't quite up to this grade, but um hopefully. We see a bit of a star, emerge, and that could be Rogue
0: Yeah, you have to go back to 2016, uh, Aiden O'Brien winner of this race that was seventh heaven. Um, but yes, Emily Dickinson, she does have all the, the credentials on paper, and, and she's now she's now, uh, she's also got a good amount of race course experience. But Mystic Wells really does hold as much race course experience as you need, and you've got to. You've 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 got to keep high in your in your mind anything that George Bowie sends out uh, now the classic winning trainer but she is she sets a bit of a standard with that mark of ninety so uh, fascinating her Rome Millennium I echo that I think that I love this story that she's bought for thirty five thousand guineas but was given a, a high amount of uh, a solid amount of ratings from Marcus Tregoning to the Tom Clover Yard before she went to the uh, the, the sales and she won she. She won that on debut at uh, Weatherby, but that race has been won by some serious fillies in the past. Fanny Logan, um, Noonstar, they've all come out of it. So even though it might not have been the strongest, it has attracted some good good fillies. So I'm, I'm with you there, James. Um, but Ross, as we're as saying, this kind of a race of two halves, there's fillies with the experience and there, there, there could be anything fillies as well. Um, but you've always got to have a huge amount of respect to these Aiden you know, O'Brien types. And uh, she's clearly going the right way of any of, any of them.
1: Uh, well, I always look, can I beat the favourite? That's, that's my starting point of any race. Um, and she's got a profile of a horse I'd love to take on. You know, she's, as James mentioned, the dam had a slightly suspect temperament. She's certainly been learning on the job. She hasn't looked an out-and-out out superstar straight away But then when you look through them, you'd be very disappointed if any of these were really good enough to beat her. Um, As you touched on, Belt Buckle beat a 75 rated horse by a neck on your weather. So has to prove that she can do it on the turf. Um, Rogue Millennium, uh, Charlie Fellow's horse that that she beat is only rated 78. There's two lengths. Is that going to be enough? You suspect not. And is a full uh, the full brother, Catam is 84 rated. Um, Mystic Wells. respect and you've got to respect because George Bowie can do no wrong whether it's two-year-olds or handicappers and he's now a a classic winning trainer Um, but I have a slight suspicion that this might not be her trip you know Kitten's joy I just wonder whether she's going to want this trip Um, and she's unlikely to be good enough so slightly reluctantly the selection is is Emily Dickinson but I will be keeping my money firmly in my pocket and and just watching to see whether she can step up and, and deliver on the pedigree that, that she has.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, Emily Dickinson for uh, for TC and for Ross. As I said, I'm going to stick with Road Millennium. I think that she could be an exciting filly for, for Tom Clover and a good pickup. I'm going to have a, a small each-way selection as well. in here with Speak, who is that uh, definitely in terms of the rating, she comes below Mystic World, she only rated 84, but she was impressive when she won on debut. She was disappointed when she was beaten a long way by Inspiral uh, on her second start in the May Hill Stakes. But uh, she comes from a nice family, she's by see the Moon. She, she's closely related to Valley Forge, um, the um, a, a good staying handicapper. And I think she will appreciate the step up and trip. And I think she's just a quite nice price. Um, uh, for something like this, um, where it isn't the most competitive, it's ten to one. There was a bit of a, an upset last year as well, and uh, I'm hoping that her form from her last race at Windsor is going to start working out as well. So I'm I'm backing her to to get involved here. Um, so we'll head into the next SBK uh, race that we're going to feature, which is the Chartwell Philly Stakes, which is over seven furlongs at three fifty um, for the three-year-old fillies and upwards. She do one hundred thirty favourite. Chapoya is, is seventy two. Wonder Beauty, 11 to 2, 13 to 2 for Wren's Breath. And Symphony Perfect. So I had a good look at this. And there are the two outsiders of the pack, Rosemary and Tyne, who are who's 18 to 1, and Lola Showgirl, who's 16 to 1, are the only two with winning form over seven furlongs. Plenty of the lead protagonists here are either untested at seven or have been beaten over this trip. So there's a couple of question marks about all of them, I suppose, TC. Um, or is there something that you're quite confident is going to, um, outdo that, that little thought I had in my mind
3: um, No, I think your your thought is very accurate and Seven Furlongs is a worry for my selection, which is chacoia mm. however at the five day stage, I was all over Bounce the Blues and I, I'm astounded that she's not in this field, she ran second in this race last year, put her in the tracker because I thought she was going to, um, obviously she's gone to Haydock instead, but I thought she was going to run in this race and win it, um, so I was a bit disappointed because she was going to be the nap of the day um, however, I think her absence paved the way for chacoia who's the class act in this field. As you say, most of them have stamina doubts. I think most of them have, have other worries as well. Ground, um, track, uh, the level of form that they've run to, and the likes of Shidu can also race very keenly. So there are a lot of question marks about some of these. Shidu actually beat Chikoya last year in the Bodicea Stakes at Newmarket, but Shidu had the perfect run, race against the near side rail, um, had just the ideal trip, whereas Chikoya was breaking from a low gate. She did the best of any, any horse that broke from a low stall. She tracked across, but she was still four horse widths off the rail, which is not where you wanted to be that day at Newmarket. She finished fourth, a good fourth, only beaten three-quarters of a length. I think she was probably the best filly in that race. And the fact that she is actually still favourite over Chacoa this time just makes Chacoa the better in here.
0: And she's got Ryan Moore on board, which might have been must have been pleased to see. He's got winning form with her back, coming back from last September. So that's a nice uh, jockey booking.
3: Yeah, well, whenever Ryan Moore's on a horse, it's, it's always a positive. I know the Twitter... Um, people, let's use people because I can think of plenty of worse words, Uh, don't like Ryan Moore but look, this this guy's an incredible rider, has been for years, riding out of his skin this week, in fact he's just ridden a win at Chester as I speak, Um, so look there's no rather jockey that I'd rather on board than Ryan Moore.
0: Yeah, he rides Chester well, I knew he rides Linfield pretty nicely as well, okay, Chikoya there at 72 for TC Uh, I'll come to Ross next Um, I thought this was quite tricky this race, competitive enough but to that point, about about the trip concerns and as T C ads, the, the also the the ground as well. There are there sort of the three year olds that are trying to uh, improve on now and sort of open companies. So it's quite tough.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 I come down on one that um, is going to have to step up a little bit. Um, the Kevin Kevin Philippart Defoy train pull glory. She gets that little bit of uh, weight for age allowance. Um, you could say that she's got a question mark to answer over seven furlongs given that she was quite well beaten when she tried it at the back end of last year but both her her wins at six furlong she was doing all her best work late on she was then very unlucky in the Dickpool pool stakes over six furlongs, where she had all sorts of traffic problems and flew home to only just be denied um and then went to the Oso oh sharp stakes and just had you know no luck in running whatsoever all the action happened up the inside rail she was posted pretty wide on the track um, and wasn't given a hard time when she was beaten. So the five and a half length she was officially beaten is probably not a fair reflection. Um, I'm certain she'll stay this seven furlongs. Yes, she has to step up. But as you say, in a wide open race... I was prepared to chance her at a bit of a bit of a price and a TC stat that just caught my eye. Ben Curtis, 11 from 43 for 26% is a, is a pretty decent strike rate. Um, It doesn't matter all that much to me, but it does suggest that he's going to be feeling good about things. He'll be feeling confident and you, and you probably do need that in a race where when the gaps open, you have to be decisive about what you want to do.
0: Yeah, certainly. Nine to one for Pearl Glory. He's been spending a lot of time with George Bowie as well. So I think a lot of those, the figures must be coming from, from the horses that he's, uh, he's getting on board for the classic winning trainer. Okay. So Pearl glory, uh, then for Ross and um, James, where did you, how did you solve this puzzle?
2: Well, the key thing at Lingfield for me is that stands rail, which leads to very messy racing. Cause it can be, whoever grabs the rail first has a huge advantage, but, uh, it's a bit of a rough race trying to get across and, um, Ren's Breath would be the one for me from stall six. I like Pearl Glory. My only concern is she wasn't the biggest last year and how much she's going to turn out from two to three because, say, if you ignore the, 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 the new market at the end of the season, she had a pretty progressive profile and um, Team Valor bought into her. So it's a horse that Kevin about the defoy would love to do very well with. But I thought Ren's Breath, the fact that she won a list race and just a second start for Henry de Bromhead um, at Nace, that was a pretty impressive effort. I mean, in the neck on debut, Qatar racing, um, brought into her. Disappointed at Doncaster behind, just beautiful, but um, not quite sure what happened there. We've not seen her for 241 days. She might be a bit of a fragile filly, but she could be quite a nice type. Fortunately, Rachel Blackmore's not riding. Uh, Kieran Fallon, uh, the retained rider for Qatar, is on board and hasn't ridden there before, which would be a negative, but um, I felt she could be quite useful. Um, Ren's breath in, in a race, which is going to be tricky. She'll do, and Jacoia, um had handicap form with some of our fillies. I think they're, they're vulnerable. Um, it's not a particularly strong group three. We've got nothing rated over 100. So, a fillie that won a listed race and just a second start in, in Ren's breath, she might just be one that's um, got the class to win a race like this.
0: It's really worth watching back that race at Nace because everything went wrong for her that could have done wrong. And she still um, was able to come home after being, I think she was hampered. She was had to come from far back and then she nearly ran off the track, I think, right at the end of the race. So she's clearly got a lot of talent, but she was very green then and they've given her plenty of time to strengthen up. So Henry de Bromhead sends over Wren's breath for James, who is 13 to two. I'm gonna go with it with a, another, a different selection. So we are all going different places. I like Symphony Perfect uh, for Richard Hannon. She's 13 to two. Uh, she was campaigned as a sprinter last season and uh, she was on the go a lot. And she's already had two runs under her belt for this season at three. She clearly thrives off her racing and she ended her season last year with a deserved success in the listed race at Newmarket where she was definitely not stopping over six furlongs and that can take a, a bit of getting as well. And, and I thought her run um, at Chelmsford last time where she was second, but she was keeping on really well and showed that this step up to the seventh furlong should be within her reach. Um, and uh, she is rated 100. So officially on ratings, she's the highest rated but she she gets a weight allowance from the um due to her, to her age being a 3 year old so she is 13 to 2 so we've got a bit of everything for for you in the Chartwell Fillies stakes right we'll head on to the best betting heat of the weekend at Ascot this is the victorious the cup victoria cup over 7 furlongs and these 7 furlong miler types will probably be become a bit like our two and a half mile chases that we got used to over the national hunt season. We'll see a lot of these throughout the season competing against each other. And there's a, it's a good field. So a seven to one, the field as it stands, Dark Shift is leading it. Um, Fresh is 10 to one, Chief of Chiefs is 10 to one. And then you've got thick theme to one for essentially whoever you want after that um, and bigger the rest. So this is always a cracking puzzle to solve. And TC, you love a stat. Um, let's go. Let's start with the stools because you want to be looking high. Since 2013, I've seen only four horses have finished in the first four from single figure stools. And so you don't want to be too wide on either side. And it looks like there could be a bit of pace around. I thought that might come from Hieronymus from, Hieronymus, from stool 20. How crucial do you think that stool and where you come from at Asker is?
3: Yeah, always on the straight course at Ascot in these big sprints, I want to be drawn middle to high. Um, I don't think necessarily you have to be in 20 or you know 20 plus. Um, I think you need to be 15 and then higher. Um, they tend to race towards the near side, which is obviously the high draws, but sometimes they congregate down the middle. Um, you just don't want to be on the wing, basically. And if you're drawn low, the likelihood is you're going to be on the wing in like a, an arrow formation. Um, so I have focused on those drawn middle to high. One of them is actually... Going towards the low draws, but uh, hopefully not too low. I have been waiting for this kind of race for about seven months. I, I love these big field handicaps. They're awful for tipsters because you're on a hiding for nothing, but they're great for punters because you're going to get good value. Um, there are two horses in here that I like. In fact, I think I've only had one winner of the Victoria Cup. So those follow me and probably, probably thinking, uh, okay, we need a bit of form here. But that winner was last year in River Nymph. He's back again. He's an intriguing runner. He's only £2 higher in the handicap. I just hated that reappearance run. It didn't really show enough for me. And that was just enough to put me off him. I wouldn't be surprised if he bounced right back to something like his best, though. So keep him on the shortlist just in case. The two that I have come down on, the first one is my best bet um, in the race, which is fresh for trainer James Fanshawe. James Fanshawe just does so well in these big field sprint handicaps at Ascot. Recent record doesn't tell you as much, but if you just remember back to the, the great days of 10, 15 years ago, he was farming these races uh, with Jamie Spencer and Johnny Murta week in week out, so um, I wouldn't be worried about his recent stats at Ascot. Fresh is one of the biggest eye catchers of the of the flat season so far. When he finished second on his reappearance at Kempton, you just can't win against the rail if you switch on the cutout on the cutaway to the inside. You cannot physically win, and Fresh did that and almost almost got up in a dying stride. It was a massive eye catching run. He's back to a nice mark, and his form figures at Ascot read two one two three. The last three efforts, all in big field handicaps. This is absolutely perfect for him. He's drawn nicely as well um, in a double-figure gate. The other one's at a much bigger price, and that's Potmaster. Now, he's drawn an 11. It's a, it's a slight worry. He's towards the low side, as I say. But Safi Osborne takes the ride, which I think is a great booking. That's £3 off. Um, and is also very well handicapped anyway, based on last season's efforts. The reappearance run is very much like River Nymph's reappearance run. Didn't show much, but that was a clear prep for this. Um, he's a much bigger price than... I thought he would be at around twenty-five to one as well. I think Potmaster is worth a, a decent each way alongside Fresh.
0: Twenty-two to one, we can give you for Potmaster as it stands. Fresh ten to one, a really compelling case for this horse. And Jane Fanshawe, who's been slightly quiet, has actually come back into a good bit of form. He's a two-one two winners from from seven runners, um, which is uh, nice to see. Right in time for the Victoria Cup, but he does need to win for the first time over seven furlongs, which is just something that I. I've obviously taken a bigger uh, interest in the uh, trips of every horse for this weekend, but that was my slight concern for him. But you think that he'll be okay?
3: Yeah, I think it'll be fine for him. He does need everything to go right. He needs a clear passage. He's, he tends to be ridden from off the speed, like most of James Fanshaw sprinters. Um, I don't think the trip's a problem with him. He just needs to be delivered at the perfect moment.
0: Yeah, it, it, it is all about luck in this kind of race. Um, near side was the preferred place last year. Um, as TC was saying, the first 12 home all came from that near side. Um, with Zip from store 14 heading towards the near rail and sort of leading that pack. So uh, Ross, have you looked at that and has is that, is that it sort of altered your thinking when it's come to this race?
1: Uh, it, it is, as TC was talking, um, but no. <laughs> um, no, the the, the the one I came down on is a, is a horse I've got a lot of time for. He's a real trier. He's ropey guest of George Margeson. Um, he was sixth in this, only beaten a couple of lengths last year off a, a £5 pound higher mark, um, I think he does like this stiff seven furlongs. Um, he's got some good form without winning at Ascot. He doesn't win all that much anyway, um, including fourth in the 2020 Jersey Stakes. Um, George Margerson hasn't run all that many so far this year, but he's two from three in the last 14 days. So the horses are clearly in good form. Um, and I thought off a £5 pound lower mark, uh, he could go could go well but i'm revising that as tc is telling me i'm drawn on the wrong part of the track
0: he was drawn in stall well, 23 last year he's got six this six. year so what, yeah. what, what are we thinking about that tc it's not
3: hey i'd, <laughs> I'd, against I'd rather the be the on, theories i'd rather be on ropey guest and dark shift who's uh the favorite currently drawn in stall four um ropey guest actually ran really well in this race last year so i can see the logic
0: okay i'd rather be against dark shift and um, james will might have words for that <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, the draw isn't great, is it? But the thing is, pre-draw, pre-dex, he was the obvious one. He's had four runs at Ascot, three wins and a fourth. Charlie Hills has hit the ground absolutely running this season. Um, he had a lot of seemingly exposed horses have improved nicely over the winter, whereas Dark Shift was pretty progressive, winning his last two starts at Ascot. Um, he's got loads of form over his seven furlongs as well, which is also pretty key. Um, just still four, and, and, and that well could be a big negative. But for me... He's the best handicapped, he's the most progressive, and he's got such a good record over the track, which is a, a place which is really, um course, form comes to the fore, like Roki Guest, who's only always there, there about in these big handicaps, picking up the, the places. So, still for, he may win his side and not come anywhere. And that has been the case in, in, in recent years with this Victoria Cup. So, I, that's obviously a negative, but against us, I think he's a very nice type. If you're going to stick to ones drawn high, uh, the Kevin Art the uh Valfortino, who was second to bless him at Newcastle, would be a one for your high numbers, because uh de Saez is, is a very good seven-pound climber. He's not having too many rides, so that what he is doing. He's getting a few winners on the board anyway um, after that uh, absence, after winning the Lincoln last year. But um, I just felt he could be well handicapped. If if the draws are complete and that's a no-go, as TC says, he would be uh, your high one, Valfortino. But I do think that uh, dark shift... Is one for his big Ascot handicaps this year. And, and I'm not going to change my mind in case he does bolt up, but uh, I think he's the best treated.
0: Yeah, well, the, the betting is, is in agreement with you 7 to 1. He could even get bigger than that because of that draw element. Um, Baffoltino, I thought it was very interesting having his second start with the trainers it's moving from, I think it was Joseph O'Brien, his son of New Bay. And uh, he, he clearly uh, showed that uh, he's in, in very good form with himself with that second at Newcastle. Yeah. Definitely want to, to think about with this race. He's 16 to one. Um, and is the horse I'm going to tip up, which is Al Reb, um, 16 to one. I think that this horse has been in cracking form over the winter. Um, he's another horse for Kevin Philip Defoy. He was previously with Charlie Hills. He's had the two wins with it, with this new stable, both on the all-weather, but he did prove effective on the turf behind Boardman, where he was just denied. He's a big grey horse. You always spot him. He showed a really willing attitude he's fairly unexposed he has a featherweight of 8'6 he's a man of bundles of experience and franny norton on board as well um i'm just having just want to have a quick look at the draw now that we're getting a little bit panicked about it but i'm fairly certain when i looked at it i wasn't too concerned where he was coming from 24 that's just about okay um i'm happy with that um and i think he can continue on which is quite a nice upward trajectory and i think a a solid pace um, that he should have to aim at with with the likes of um, the horse coming out of stall twenty, Hieronymus. Who I, I'd imagine will will go out and and set the early clip, and um, he uh, he's not too drawn too far away from him, so that will pan out quite nicely with him. I'm going to give another uh, another selection if I may, and that's the Turpinator. He's also sixteen to one, like a lot of these horses are as it stands. He won on race course debut for. This yard on the all-weather, and then went to Newbury for what was a really decent renewal, the Spring Cup. He wasn't disgraced. He was fairly free early on. There'll be more pace in, all, in this race, and although he comes out of twelve, I think George Rook will be just about okay from there to get to where the pace is, um, and um, I think that he's a kind of also will will flourish in this big run of fields. So that is a, a tricky enough um, edition of the Victoria Cup. Fresh and Potmaster for T. C. Ropy Gasper Ross James is with Dark Shift, and I'm with. Red and the turpinator, and that finishes off our looks at the uh, main races throughout um, the weekend uh, this Saturday. Um, we've got a new customer offer, as always. You can get £34 in free bets by depositing £10, and that should help you um, get uh, have a little bit in your account for the naps and the next best. So, uh, with a very busy weekend of racing up and down the country, we'll give um, uh, the guys the opportunity to, to have a selection forever they want. So, James, we've, we've been without you for the last few weeks. So, over to you for your nap and your next best.
2: Yeah, I'm doing a Ross Miller actually. I'm going to head to Haydock and go for part of their jumps section of Cardin. And, and Sebastopol, a horse who I put up when unfortunately came down at the Thursday's Scottish Grand National meeting, he went on to win at Chepstow quite convincingly back over fences last time. He reverts to hurdles for the Swinton and he's actually £9 lower. Over the lower ob- uh, the smaller obstacles. He was second at Oxeter for one pound lower mark the last time he ran in this sphere, and he looked fantastic when I saw him at Kempton um, when, when he won back in March. So with Tom Lacey having two winners again yesterday, I just felt that he's too big a price likely for the Swinton, just because he's he's back over hurdles now. I thought he could be a bit of each value for the Nap, and the next best is just a filly I know quite well for a day. Um, she she's been consistent, place quite a few times. Handicap about right. If we get a nice bit of rain at Nottingham, she won't be too far away in the
0: two ten. Okay, best of luck with your runners, and especially for a day. Um, That's James. We'll head on to Ross next, and we'd imagine, and we'll be horrified if there is a jumper in here.
1: Well, you all thought I was going to go to Haydock for the jumpers, and you were wrong. Yeah. Because my nap has come from the seven twenty at Warwick.
2: Wow. Um,
1: (laughs) And and a bit like James' selection, Court and Bold reverts to hurdles from fences. It's £5 pound lower uh, over hurdles and fences and is now for mark of 125, having been as high as 141 when chasing home McFabulous in the in the Persian War. Um, he'll love this good ground. He's down to a nice mark and I thought John Joe O'Neill Jr. was a eye-catching booking uh, for Fergal O'Brien. And then the next best does indeed come from Haydock uh, in the 225. Honest Vic who for a moment at Cheltenham I thought was going to go well for me at a big price and unfortunately Richard Patrick got rather overexcited and went rather too soon down the hill and didn't quite get home having stumbled at the back of the last Um, but he still finished fifth it was a really big run Uh, he's still on the same mark of 141 he'll love this nice ground he's nicely handicapped and I think he can uh, make amends here.
0: Okay Uh, thanks to Ross for his nap and next best on to TC, where I know you've got a, your, your priorities will be very much the Kentucky Derby for this weekend. Um, and it'd be great to hear what, what you think um, in terms of the, that feature race. But your next, your nap for next best from the UK.
3: Sure. Well, you might have to wait to hear the Kentucky Derby. I have to say, it's going to be on the SBK Saturday Night Selections, which is our new podcast. There's a little plug for you. Uh, new podcast going live on Saturday on all major platforms, like you can see. Uh, as you can see this podcast. Um, so we'll we'll keep the Kentucky Derby on, on the down low until Saturday. Um, but the nap is in the 518 at Haydock, a horse called Out From Under, who you're probably hating right now because he beat one of your horses last time, Jess. Um, that form's actually worked out really well because Wooderton ran nicely the other day, just very unlucky to be beaten at a narrow margin. Um, this is a pretty good 0-9-5 handicap, I have to say, but Out From Under looks really well treated in my view. Um, last year, he should have won second time up. Um, actually, he crossed the line in front, but he got DQ'd for hanging across the track. Then on his final start last year, he got beaten nose, uh, chinned right on the line by a William Haggis-trained runner who's rated 87, called Vintage Choice. Um, if that is to be believed, then out from is at least as good as 86, 87. He's able to run off 82 in this race, despite winning uh, his maiden since, beating Wooderton, who's uh, made the form look decent next time up. I just think out from under will win this race, the 5.18 at Haydock. Um, And the next best, we've already covered it, is Chakoya in the 350 at Lingfield. I have to say this is a rather tentative next best, purely because I didn't want to tip Walk of Stars at odds on um, as my next best in the the SVK derby trial, but we'll go for Chakoya in the 350 at Lingfield. I think she's probably the best filly in the race. She has to prove that she handles seven furlongs. Last time out, she raced against the bias at Newmarket. I think if she can get on the right part of the track at Lingfield, she'll win this race.
0: Okay, interesting selections to Chakoya out from under. For TC, I am going to go with a horse that we uh, have already discussed on the pod, and that came from TC. You're going to have Bounce the Blues as your selection in the Chartwell um, stakes, but she goes up to Haydock instead. Now, Andrew Balding, I could give him plenty of credit for a lot of things, but he's very, very good at placing horses. And I believe he had gone up to Haydock instead of going for the Phillies only option because he de- she she gets weight from her uh, from the, the geldings here. Um, she is a horse that goes well very fresh, as she did after a long break at Ascot, where she was just beaten by With Thanks in a Listed race. Um, uh, Andrew has sent David Probert, his number one jockey here in particular, to Haydock to ride her. He could be go- he could be all over the country anywhere in the country if Andrew wanted and I think that this Philly who's now a five-year-old will be seeing a uh, really good effect here at Haylock so I've napped her um, in the 3.35 my next best will be Alred in the Victoria Cup at Ascot for all the reasons we have discussed on this podcast so a lot to choose from in terms of next bests and naps throughout the weekend from Ross from James and from TC um, plenty of racing to look forward to we'll be back next week to digest it hopefully to uh, reel out some of the winners that we hopefully have found um, and look ahead to the weekend's action from next week. But make sure to like, subscribe. TC's done a little bit to to make sure that you know about the additional podcast. But don't forget that this is your number one. Um, We'll be back next week. Thanks to the guys and we'll see you soon.